On today's episode of the Playgrounder podcast, Matt and I essentially just talk hoops. We go over our dream Christmas day slate now that it looks like the season will be starting before Christmas so they can get the Christmas games in. So we kind of talk about what games we want to see, what the perfect kind of day or matchups would look like, and then we get into some talk on some free agents. Um, a couple guys who have player options and whether whether they'll opt in or whether they'll opt out and sign contracts, and that's Gordon Hayward and Andre Drummond. So we kind of discuss where we see them going and what we see them doing and what we think they should do and what we'd like them to do. All pretty good conversation. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at PlaygrounderNBA. Follow us on Instagram at ThePlaygrounder, theplaygrounder.com. I'm at Zach Wilson NBA. I changed it from Zach Wilson 50, so... I just, Zach Wilson 50 was just two random numbers, 5-0 that I just put together. I don't know why. So Zach Wilson NBA is a little more, um, makes a little more sense, I guess. Uh, but he's still Matt Esposito underscore. This is the Playgrounder podcast. Let's get it. Okay, so yesterday we got the news that the NBA is looking to return December 22nd, which would give us less than two months from the time we're recording this or the time you're listening to this to uh, for the new season to start. Do you think, okay, first off, do you think that's like too quick of a turnaround? What do you think? Because there's a lot of opinions out there. Zach, I think we're doing too quick of a turnaround right now, me and you. Listen, I want to answer this question, but I also, okay, so for our... For our listeners, who, you know what, just just a quick pat on the back, we're like slowly growing in listeners, and I think that's very cool, so we want to send our appreciation and gratitude. Um, Zach, Zach was talking about how he had some like late night all-you-can-eat sushi. Was it, Am I correct, Zach? No, so it was after a late night. We woke up at like 11 feeling super groggy, and we felt hungry at the time. But then as soon as we got there and we ordered and everything came, it was like, yeah, we're not this hungry. And well, okay. have you ever been to All You Can Eat Sushi? Yeah. And how they like charge uh, you if you leave stuff left over? As they should. As they should. So we had quite a bit of stuff left over. Not like I'm not talking like a table full, but it, it was a decent amount. But what I did, he went to the bathroom and I was like, I got this. I have a plan. So... I walked up to the guy at the counter, didn't let them come to the table. And I was like, here, let me just pay for both while he's in the bathroom quick. So then they couldn't charge me the extra because they didn't see the table. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So here's Out, my. Outsmarting the system. Smart. You're smart. Here's my strategy just for all, just for all you guys listening. Um, you know, one day when the world open backs up and, 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 and you guys go to a buffet, uh, my friend Mike and I have this down pat. Like we have a system. So if, if you do like all you can eat, if you go to a buffet, this is what you have to do, okay? First order of business, um, hey, you're there to have a good time. It's okay to take a lot of food, right? Just know that there's no judgment in a buffet. No one's ever being judged in a buffet. So that's rule number one. Rule no, So don't judge yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Rule number two, I don't care how expensive it is because some of them like upcharge. Buy a, a, a fizzy drink. Get a Sprite. Get a ginger ale. I recommend ginger ale because ginger is notoriously good for your stomach. Get a fizzy drink because you want to have the burps. Yeah. You Third, uh, that, that's 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 huge. Number three, set a timer. 
Okay. My friend, Mike and I, we tend, you know, we, we vary with times. We like to go to the buffet and be there for a while. So we'll set like a 10 minute timer. Um, after we've finished eating our first round, you know, let it sit, let it bake, get a burp up, walk around, right? Text a buddy, say, Hey, we're going to be at the buffet for the next 50 minutes. Come through, right? You don't want to rush it. So those are my three rules. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that it's out there for the world right now. Okay. Do you find that helps? Cause I find there's like, I, I think depending on the day, that's, those are like different things for me. If I wait, then obviously you let it sit and you're not like rushing in and feeling sick. But at the same time, if you let it sit too long, then you start to like feel how full you are. Cause you know how people say like, if you're trying to lose weight or whatever, eat slower because then you, you feel full with less food. in. so, so that's the point, right? So it takes like 15 minutes for your brain to send the signal to your, I was yeah, for, for your, your body to like to send the signal to your brain to tell you that you're full. Um, that's the point. You don't want to go buck wild in the buffet. After your first meal, you want to reassess and say, listen, you know, this is what I can do next according to my stomach. And then you keep reassessing. So that way you don't look like an idiot and you maximize your, your mealtime happiness. Yeah. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> oh, wow. I need to clear up my throat. I'm going to have crazy voice cracks. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have crazy <laughs> voice cracks this entire episode. Are you, um, are you ready for this segue? I got, I got a segue for us. What are you going back to the Christmas Day games or, or not back to the back to the start? Well, you're gonna ruin the segue. Um, hey Zach, you can apply this rule to Christmas Day if you're eating a big Christmas feast and you're also watching basketball. Maybe just get a different meal in between quarters and reassess how full you are, how hungry you are. <clears throat> you like you didn't even need to segue back because all you did was take my original question, interrupt it, and then try to act sure. like you segued back. Yeah, okay, so why don't you finish your original question? <laughs> well, I was just like, like, because we've seen so many different people say their opinion on it. Do you think it's too quick of a turnaround from one season to the next? Is it is it shorter than most? Because I feel like it's decently standard, maybe a bit shorter. So, let, it, so let's go through this, right? Be? So let's, let's, so our, it's it's kind of weird because the, for, for about what? I want to say for about like, Eight, for about eight teams in the league, it's a really long offseason. It's they the didn't longest play ever. And and that we know we know that they've had like their scrimmages and stuff like that, but I don't think it's the same, right? So it's a very, very long offseason for like eight teams. Um for another handful of teams, they had that gap in March until play resumed. When did play resume? Like July? Yeah, I can't even remember at this point. I think it was July. It was sometime in the summer. Um, but then they only played like a handful of games and then like a lot of those teams were out, right? So like obviously the offseason is – it's varying for a lot of teams. I, th I think traditionally we would see like you know teams dwindle down until we get to like the, the June playoffs and then we have you know the month of July, the month of August, the month of September and then we're playing basketball at the end of October. So it's like a four-month break and for some teams even longer. I mean, it's obviously a quick turnaround, and like, if if I'm a player, I would actually I would argue to be compensated for it. Um, like they have a scheduled break time, and like we need it for their bodies. So this actually, in a weird way, Zach, I think could be a good thing for the NBA. I think that they should. I think that they absolutely should start on Christmas Day because for it means for. 
October and November for those months, they're not competing with football. So it's less time competing with football. They, it would push their season throughout the summer where we have like famous dead times in sports. There's no football. No one watches baseball anymore. Yeah, I said it. Uh, the, the hockey playoffs are done. Um, and the biggest impact of this is that it will most likely shorten the season and it'll, it'll shorten the amount of games. Now, there's a difference between um, shortening how many games you play and how much rest you get in between games because both have a lot of importance. Um, but this in many ways, like, could be a good thing. It just might have a rough uh, first season. Do you, do, you, uh, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I well, I think because we know we know back when the season was just like on its regular schedule, they wanted to kind of switch to something like this. Mm. But I don't know. I've been kind of hearing that based off what they experienced last year, that they kind of want to go back to the original schedule. Like they don't like the idea of going through summer because mm. I think there's a lot of viewers who are like casual basketball fans who, you know, sure they'll watch it, but they're not like rushing home every day to put it on. And when it's nice out and in the summer, they would just rather go outside and do something else instead of watch basketball where if it's the winter, then they just want to get home and just stay inside their houses. So I, I don't know for sure, but I've just been kind of hearing that. And But I think it will shorten the season this year, which I'd be interested to see because people's arguments are always 82 games are too long. They play for about 60 of them, and then they take like 20 or 15 off. We should shorten it to 72, whatever. And sure, that would be good, I guess, in theory for the playoffs. But I think the same thing will happen for the regular season. Well, they'll just play like 55 and then take 15 off. I just, I think that'll happen, but I guess their bodies will be more rested for the playoffs. Yeah. It really depends how they space out the games. Like I think that if, if players can get more rest in between games, um, which the NBA has like started to go down that path, I think that we could see them do less load management. Um, but, but who knows? It's really, it's really like, it's a risk for the NBA, right? Because if if they did start the season on Christmas and had a shortened season and still ended by June, then everything would be back on track because we know that they want to get every they want to get their money right, not for not for next season but the season after. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's I don't know. There's so much. There's so many things going on. We didn't even touch upon like the coronavirus and how like they're they're probably not going to have fans in seats. Um, uh, I never want to hear those words again. Like when this thing's over, if I ever hear the word social distance or COVID or coronavirus, I'm going to punch the person in the face who says it. If, if someone says COVID, I'm just, I'm going to, um, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum, like, like a nine year old. To, like, me, I'm gonna hold my to breath. me, it's social distance. If I ever hear that again, I, for some reason, that phrase just irks me. I don't know why it's the way the words flow together. Like I just, uh. well, it's been, it's been highly politicized. Like, which it shouldn't be it should you know we should hear that term and be like oh yeah let's you know let's keep our space in between people but it's just been it's been really politicized but but yeah i mean i don't know i we i'm really really interested to see their finalized plans because they're also talking about like a playing tournament which i think is awesome um it would be the same eight nine thing that we saw yeah and i i thought that they were thinking about one that to begin the season right uh, I think they've had talks of like midseason tournaments and that kind of stuff, but I I don't think that'll that'll happen. I think they, because they, they well they need to find a, uh, an incentive for teams to play and compete in that because right now I like there's no reason why a team would compete in a midseason tournament unless you have to make 
the rewards some sort of playoff seeding, like some sort of increase in playoff seeding. That's the only way you can make teams compete. Yeah, it's it's really it's really hard because you can't do like a lot a lot of fans are calling for like, hey, if, if they do a midseason tournament, you should be able to like get another draft pick or get a salary cap exception. And like, what is the incentive for players? Like, yeah, the players don't care about that. Well, and, and it's also a negative value for them. Like, if I'm Miles Bridges on the Hornets, and Charlotte's like, listen, we got to play our tail off in this tournament because we can earn more, more, we can earn better lottery odds, right? Better ping pong balls, more ping pong balls, as it were. If I was Miles Bridges, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want my team drafting a player who can be better than me. It, it doesn't make much sense. Like, or I don't want my team to win, like, a, a, a specific salary cap exception and sign someone who can be better than me and take my starting role. So like it's a negative incentive for a disincentive for a lot of these, a lot of these players. But I do think there's something that they could ultimately do that would be cool. Um, and I think the players would just like it. These are the best these are the craziest, like most determined competitive people in the world. They want to win a trophy. Um, so, so maybe something with home court in the playoffs. I don't know, but I would look into it. Yeah. Well, Choosing I mean, your opponent. That's I like that. I've always liked that concept where even if you did a classic playoffs where it's one through eight, you know, the one seed would get the choice between their opponent then the two mm. seed, then the three seed, four seed, so on. And I think that would create just some absolute insane controversy because, yep. I mean, if the one seed chose the six seed and said like, there'd be so much more personal, like hatred heading into that series rather than just getting matched up. So, and I I've love al- that. I've always kind of liked the concept. I can see why it hasn't happened yet, but yeah, like, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for like, <laughs> like brawls and violence among players. Like, I don't want to see like Russell Crowe and Gladiator. And I know you don't watch movies, Zach, so that's okay. Um, yeah, I've never even I, heard I, of that one. You haven't heard of Gladiator, dude? Just get off this podcast and just watch it, and then I'll I'll stay here. It's a three hour movie. I will just wait here with my mic hey, on. We're, we're not the rewatchables. Okay, I don't need to watch movies. Oh, okay, no, I've heard of podcast. it. I've heard of it. I, I, I love yo, that this. is such it's such a good podcast. Um, but what what I do want is like I want a little nasty. Like I want Jimmy Butler trash talking to LeBron James and LeBron doing it back. Like I just think it makes better entertainment. Like obviously we can't cross that line into like brawling and, and like getting physical and no one wants that, but like I don't know, like I don't always want to see guys like dapping up, like take it personally. Like I like I know that like when I listen I only played Division three soccer right, but when I played like we took it personally and it made for better games it made for better rivalries and it was more fun so I don't know that's what I want but we got some stuff to talk about what do we have to talk about today? Well, first off, I do want to surprise you with a little thing. It's not that much of a surprise, Ooh. but because well it goes back to the season start day because they were planning on starting January eighteenth. That's what we heard for basically the entire time till yesterday, but mm-hmm. it's because they want to get their Christmas day games in because those bring in a yes. lot of money. And so that's not, I love those. That's not hard to to see why they would want to do that. Although there is an NFL game on Christmas this year, which that'll be interesting to compete with. It's a saints Vikings game. So turns out <laughs> based on the way the season's gone, that might be not that great either way. Obviously it's everyone's favorite thing to determine, you know, what their favorite Christmas matchups would be or what they would choose. And, I don't know if you've seen my tweet where I, I quote tweeted the question and I laid out my teams. And I think I have the best five matchups. And I want you to kind of judge them or maybe tinker with mm. them or say you like them. So that kind of thing. So 
I'll go from the ones I'm most set on to the one I'm least set on, okay? Mm-hmm. So, first matchup, and I'm not saying in order of the day, I'm just saying the first matchup I want to see, it's still Lakers-Clippers. I think we want to see, people are saying, like, Lakers-Heat rematch or, you know, Lakers-Nuggets or maybe Lakers-Celtics, that kind of thing. But I still think the Battle of L.A., they're still going to be two of the best teams in the league next year. At the very least, depending on what happens with the Clippers, we're still going to see LeBron versus Kawhi because they're not getting rid of Kawhi, which is a battle between maybe the two best players in the league. You can debate that. And then obviously just with them both being in L.A., it's still a crazy rivalry. Uh, So what do you think? Lakers, Clippers, thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, I absolutely love this game from a basketball perspective um, because I I sincerely believe that you will see two players um, try and show each other that that they're the best in the world. However, from a narrative perspective, like I find nothing sexy about Kawhi Leonard. I like, I just think he's boring. So like, if you're if you're like, a, and, and and we don't, and when Zach and I say casual fan, we don't mean this as a slight. We don't mean this with a negative connotation. But like, if you're like a more of a casual fan, like you want to see a player that has a little bit of personality. Like I just, I don't know. I'm not a big Kawhi fan, and I don't want to go down my Kawhi. I mean, I'm a huge fan of him as a player, but like. I would listen. I would ten out of ten watch that matchup for the basketball. Well, in last Christmas, it was an amazing game. It was. It was fantastic. So I want to see it for the basketball. But like, can we at least like work a narrative in there? Like someone, someone drop a rumor about Kawhi. Well, I mean, like it's some. It's the Battle of L.A. Like the, every there's every narrative there except for Kawhi being interesting. Because even the Kawhi but versus LeBron stuff of who's better. There's like no battle though. Like there is nothing the Clippers could ever do. That would make that city a Clipper city. No, well, they need to move. But while we have them in LA, hey, then Nashville, they need they need to move to Nashville, and then the NBA expands to Seattle. We have two expansion teams. Boom. I guess I don't know. I would just send them back to San Diego. I feel like that'd be the easiest. I think that's kind San, of their plan. San Diego. You haven't seen that? Have you seen Anchorman? Uh, I may have seen that one. <sighs> okay. Next. Next. Next matchup. The next one is one that I haven't seen anyone else say, which I'm surprised because I'm so set on this. I might be more set on this one than Lakers mm. Clippers, and that's Nets Warriors. We get to see mm. four of the best players in the league between Clay, Steph, Kyrie, and Katie, who we didn't see essentially all last year. We obviously get to see Katie against his old team where he left them. I don't like we get to see Katie versus Draymond, I guess, because of the beef. Even just That's a Steph, even just Steph versus Kyrie matchups are always entertaining. And then these two teams are probably going to be once again two of the better teams in the league. So it should just be a good game as a whole. Yeah. So I I think it was I forgot who tweeted this out. It was either Hollinger or Haberstroh, and they were like fifteen <laughs> fifteen Nets players that have like gone through an injury or are working back from an injury. And I don't know. I just thought of it because you brought up the Nets. Um, but they're, they're probably the most interesting team, right? They're probably the most interesting team. Um, there's so much like, I, I don't know. Like I love the Draymond and KD beef that will only be exacerbated more, um, in this regular season. And if, if they met in the postseason, that would be awful. And I like, like from a, from a purely fan perspective, just from my fandom, I dislike both of those players. Um, I dislike how Draymond like begged for Kevin Durant to join his record-setting team. I dislike and I disliked how Kevin Durant 
went there as a fan. And I think that's totally fair. I think like, you know, yeah, I'm down for player movement. It's your life. Go where you want. I would never tell a player not to go where he wants, but it doesn't mean that like it absolves him of criticism. Um, and that's why I would love to watch it. And I love like, I think Steph Curry is the most entertaining basketball player to ever play the game. Um, I think Kyrie is like one of the most entertaining players we've had in years with his handle, with his ability to finish. Yeah. Oh, great call, Zach. I love it. Yeah, this this one goes right up to number one. Yeah, the KD stuff is enter- it's interesting to me because he was he obviously went on his whole two year tour and he's still kind of doing it of yeah, no one respects me that kind of stuff and it's like everyone respects you as a ball player. That's why everyone was so mm-hmm. mad when you went to the Warriors because everyone knows you're one of the best players in the league and you just joined an amazing team. Like no one would care if you were just some bum and you hopped on the Warriors. So that's what I've always thought of it and I feel like no one's ever express that angle or at least i haven't heard anyone uh either way at number three matchup that i most want to see um I, i'm debating like three and four are kind of a tie but i'm gonna stick with uh bucks heat for number three we obviously get a rematch of what we saw in the playoffs where the heat upset the bucks uh we get to see a matchup with Giannis and a team that looks like they really want to pursue him next year uh I mean, just a chance to see, once again, a team that went to the finals last year and then the team who was the best throughout the whole regular season. And then depending on what Milwaukee does this offseason, and I assume we're going to get into that later. Uh, I mean, either way, whether they stay pat or they end up trading some pieces to make a new team, they're going to be a really good team again. So, yeah, I think there's quite a few narratives here to watch as well. I like that because I – okay, so obviously the Heat are like, – just from – like a perspective of teams, right? Like teammates, camaraderie, chemistry. They are the most beautiful example of what chemistry can do for a team, even if that team doesn't have like the most elite, elite, elite players. However, I would be rooting for Milwaukee in this one, and here's why. First of all, I want to put some good juju, some good vibes out there, all right? Uh, I'm not going to give my political opinions. I just hope there's a lot of voter turnout in the great state of Wisconsin in this next election. Um... I want so I'm putting some some good vibes out there because the election's ten days away. And you know what I will say that I am I guess I'm happy about I don't know I, I think this will probably be like the biggest voter turnout in like U.S. history it seems. Could be yeah. There's been some projections that like which I think is last a good thing year because I mean a is. lot of people vo- uh, fought to you know for the right to vote and people need right. to be using that that. Uh, but in, what's crazy is. This could be the highest voter turnout we've had, and there will still be tons of voter suppression and people who aren't allowed to vote. Um, but either way, so Wisconsin, I want good things for you. So I'm putting out some good vibes. Um, I and I also want I I just I like the when Giannis has more chances to fully, 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 without question, undoubtedly cement himself as a player who can be that you know, closing superstar. And I want to see if he takes it personally. And I want to see if he adapts his game, whether he gets, whether he stays aggressive toward the ends, the ends of games. Um, or if he says, you know what, I'm seven feet tall. Like maybe I can just like be a role man and, and impact games the way Bam Adebayo does like when he closes games. So I'm into that. I like that matchup right now. I would go the, the Brooklyn Nets, the, the Brooklyn Warriors game, I would, then this matchup and then the battle for LA. But you would, you'd still like, you'd take all three of these on Christmas Day. Oh hell There's yeah! Not one of them. Okay, dude. My next you could one... have, you you could have like you know the the 
the the St. Louis Spirit versus like the Buffalo Braves. Like I, like I would watch any game. Um, I got to watch two high school teams on Christmas Day. Okay, so my fourth matchup. Uh, it's it's a little bit different than the other ones. It's not necessarily two of the best teams in the league. There's still going to be two good teams and what I expect to be two playoff teams. But it's uh, Mavs Pelicans. And I think Ooh. everyone knows why you get Luka Doncic and Zion, two guys who are both like 21 and under, who expect to be MVPs throughout their career, two of the best players, two of the best young teams. Um, obviously a team in the Pelicans who is super young and has a big chance to grow with all their first-round picks, and then a team in Dallas who is built around Luka and Kristaps and has max cap space next year so they can get better. But... I think everyone wants to watch Luka. Everyone wants to watch Zion. Let's just watch the two teams go at it with their young studs. Yeah, you, you. So I love this because you couldn't find two more, two players or two superstars rather. Or I'm not calling Zion a superstar yet, but you know what I mean. You couldn't find two stars, I'll call it, in the NBA that are more of polar opposites than Zion and Luka because Zion. So Luka's obviously high usage, ball is in his hands a lot. Step back threes, pick and roll savant. Get just uh, some players just instinctively know how to get to the rim. That's him. Ton of shots, ton of free throw attempts. Right, Zion is in many ways the anti Clay Thompson. He is he, he's going to have a high usage rate because like the ball is going to be in his hands, but he has the ability to be one of the more lower usage rate guys with an incredible effective field goal percentage because like his vertical spacing is is what like to uh, what clay does in terms of perimeter spacing right so like like there's going to be a game where zion has like 32 points and when when we look back at like his touches or the amount of time that he had the ball it's going to be like remarkably low and we're going to say this guy is just a totally different breed of player how he impacts the game without really needing the ball as much as a guy like luca i I would do that is another you're crushing this act wow good for you What's, felt, what's your last one? I felt really good about my list. Uh, and then this last one is, I guess, neither of us will say no to this because there's bias, but I do think it's still a good matchup, and that's Raptors-Celtics. And another yeah. one where we get to see a rematch of a playoff series that went seven games, uh, another yeah. matchup where we get to see some good young talent, whether it's you know Tatum and Brown on one side and then OG and Pascal and potentially Fred on the other side. We get to see two of the greatest coaches or the best coaches in the league right now go at it. Uh, obviously a divisional matchup. Typically it probably will be a matchup where, you know, it matters for playoff seeding because I expect both these teams to be at the top of the East next year. So uh, just another good matchup. And then Toronto Boston, it, it's, it's like the closest thing we have to a rivalry that is probably not an established rivalry yet. So I, uh, I, think I really is. like that one. I think, I think that they bumped up to official rival status. Um, I love. I mean, obviously, listen. I've I have nothing to add to that. I'm a huge Celtics fan. You're a huge Raptors fan, and I think that's just a great call. Wow, five great games, Zach. I yeah. So because I I do. I wish I could have got Denver involved. Um, mm-hmm. if there was a sixth game, it would be Denver and someone. I I haven't thought that far yet. Maybe like Denver and Philly. I don't know. Get a Embiid Jokic matchup, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. I really wish I could have got Denver involved. But there's only ten slots, and I feel like I chose the five most entertaining games possible. Well done. Um, tip, tip of the cap. Well done. Anyways, I uh, 
I think you had some some Gordon Hayward stuff you wanted to touch on. So uh, from Zach Lowe's pod, because we all love Zach Lowe. He's one of the smartest, one of the best in the bid. So he was uh, he was talking some of Gordon Hayward not accepting his option. And I know you being a Boston fan uh, probably intrigued you a bit. So why don't you uh, what do you what do you have to say about that? All right. So, uh, you know, it's it's some stuff that's been floating around. The Twitter sphere because I guess Zach Lowe went on a podcast with Bobby Marks. Um, is it Marks or Mark? I think it's Marks with an S. And and so this is what I have. So I, I didn't have too much time to research this, but I guess Zach Lowe was saying like he's hearing that Gordon Hayward might not opt in. And then so I was searching a little bit, and then uh, John Corrales of of Mass Live and Locked On Celtics wrote I think uh, for Mass Live right now. And, and uh, the the I'm reading it right now. The the title of the article he wrote was Gordon Hayward rumors. He's and then quote he's doing the Al Horford plan and something is mildly afoot here, right? Which oh, is, I which saw is what, that. I don't know what the, what's okay. the Al Horford plan. The, I don't. So I guess the Al Horford plan is, um, like a try and try and like. Ex- opt out and extend your deal like for the life of me i can't remember yeah i for some reason can't remember if al horford had a player option or not um but either way like we know that al horford uh wanted to test the market and just like get the most money that he could and they're suggesting that gordon hayward uh might want to do that right and so I think I think we just recently in another podcast talked about how, you know, if if Gordon Hayward opts into his, his I think it's like a thirty two million dollar deal, it's not really going to be thirty two million dollars, just the way the league works. Um, so there could be an incentive for him to opt out. Okay, now Zach Lowe also went on to say that Gordon Hayward would be a fit in Portland, that he likes the fit with the Trailblazers, um, as as I do as well. I think that would be be very smart. But but yeah. Um, I think I think it talks about Atlanta as well um, because yeah, they have did cap he, space. Did he not miss his opt-in date, or did those adjust with like the new schedule adjustment? Because I remember reading that it was October seventeenth, and that's like about a week ago at this point. About a week ago, um, wow! What a what a throwback. So that was dumb. I actually just <laughs> I just talked to my guy Justin Quinn, who is a fan of the pod, Doctor Justin Quinn, who who writes for Celtics Wire for USA Today. And um, he said that his opt-in date got got moved back. So, um, yeah, it's it's you know I don't know when the new date is, and 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 um, I definitely should have done my homework and listened to the new the new uh, Zach Low Low Post Pod before I did this. But um, I would just listen. There, uh, I guess where there's smoke, there's fire in in some sense. But like, what do you think? What do you think the Celtics should do? If he were to opt out and ask for more money, you know, what do you think they should do? I don't think you can do it because you're going to extend Tatum and you're going to extend Brown. Like those two you would rather assign for long term over Gordon Hayward. Um, honestly, I and I know Gordon Hayward was good. Like this isn't anti Gordon Hayward. This isn't, you know, because I know a lot of people are like against him and think that he's not as good as he is like the, the sentence on the census on him isn't that he's as good as he actually is but I would rather extend Marcus Smart than him and that's not because I think Smart's a better ball player but it's just what Marcus Smart brings is more of what the Celtics need 
with with guys like Kemba and Brown and Tatum, they don't need another primary ball handler, primary scorer. They need you need that dirty work guy, and Smart's one of the best defenders in the NBA. And if he can even mm. shoot half as good as he did in the playoffs, he's. I mean, just that was amazing. Like that was just an absolute stunner of a performance. But I don't it know. Was. I I wouldn't I wouldn't sign him to a multi year deal, especially with his injury history. Because as much as that sucks, and it's not anything that's his fault, it's something you have to keep. Uh, you have to account for. So, yeah. So I I like. I like Gordon Hayward. Um, I like him for this team, but the injury part scares me because it it, it simply keeps happening, <laughs> right? Like, and you can like you can chalk it up to luck, or you can you can say that like some guys are just injury prone. I don't know what you want to do, but like at the end of the day, it's a sizable. Like if they re-sign him, it, it would be a sizable number, right? Um, but I'm I'm open to it because when you look at the Celtics salary cap, like they're they're gonna extend Tatum and give him the 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 rookie extension. Um, did you just chug a Red Bull? Yeah, this is a Corona, and I didn't chug wow, it. Good. I just took like a a sip. He he chugged it. Um, wow. So Corona, and you're in Canada. You're Listen, you're going super international. <laughs> what? <laughs> I I can hear your Corona can and like for for our our listeners I just moved my uh to a new apartment that's like near a train station so occasionally you might hear a train like a train horn but all right either way this is what I was getting back to um so they have to extend Tatum they have already extended Brown that kicks in next year obviously they signed Kemba Walker the way the salary cap is structured is that the the Celtics can can re-sign Hayward um like using some of their rights and, and obviously they would go into the luxury tax, which, which the Celtics brass has said that they're good with and, you know, ownership agrees to. Um, but if they don't sign Hayward, I don't know and take advantage of that cap maneuver. I don't know what they can do going forward in terms of bringing in a, a comparable talent. Like it would have to be through trade instead of just outright signing someone, which, you know, like, really sucks like that i don't think you're going like, to you're, i don't like i don't think you can trade him for a guy who's comparable in talent wise that's why that's why as a raptors fan those raptors those lowry trades never made sense to me one because lowry's just great but also you're never going to get the same value back because for some like when those guys get just old enough and they're not necessarily superstars but they're all-stars you're, you're either going to get back a good young package or if you're trying to get back like a win now package It'll just be a different fit that's worse because no one's going to want to give up the same level player that a guy like Kyle Lowry or a guy like Gordon Hayward is. Yeah, and you know, so let's let's say you know there are some Celtics fans that are looking at you know okay Gordon Hayward for you know Miles Turner and something to make the 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 cap match like Miles Turner is not as good of a player as Gordon Hayward like he's just in my opinion he's not like he's just. Like Gordon Hayward is more valuable for what he does. I think he's. I think his um, the position he plays is more valuable, and he he uh, really fits the role the Celtics need. Like, and that's just my opinion. Like, they need a low usage guy who can knock down three pointers and like be incredibly efficient whenever they do get shots and. 
create for others and be a willing passer. And, and that's Gordon Hayward to a T. I mean, he hit 50% of his field goals, 38% of his threes. Um, and before he, he ran into some tough injury luck this year, like he was really, really crushing it for the Celtics. Um, so it, yeah, if he were to opt out, like I would be, I personally would be a fan of the Celtics trying to extend him and it's, it's not going it, to, it would be for less than what he would make next year. And you know, it could be a movable piece one day, but if you lose him now, there are not many avenues to bring in comparable talent is, is my point here. Mr. Zachary. They should just sign him long-term and do like a sign-in trade with New Orleans for Drew Holiday and go all-in and uh, win it next year because Kemba, Drew, Brown, Tatum, and Tice, I, that's a really good lineup. That's really good. Yeah, so this is this is something that like we've I think I also I, I just thought that off the top of my head like that trade might not work at all money wise or anything I just I came up with that out of thin air the second I said it. Okay, so let me talk you into why it might work. Okay, um, you don't have to talk so me for, into why it might work. I literally just brought up why it might work. I know, but I'm I wanted I want to do it for our our, our faithful listeners. So you have to um, talk someone in who just heard me say that and they're like, "That's so stupid." Why would? <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. So Zach, that? imagine you, imagine you're a different version of yourself, okay. and I you am need to that. talk every day. Exactly. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna convince you right now. Okay. So first of all, Drew Holiday's uh, value is like very very weird, and it's weird because, or it's just hard to peg, I should say, because um, he's he's an opt out clause. Like he can be a one year rental. Um, and, and that's, that's scary for a team. So if you're new Orleans, like ultimately I do think his value is probably a little bit higher than what fans think, just because a lot of teams think their championship window is now, and he could be that last piece for you. So, uh, I think teams are realizing like we have to go all in now, you know, let's, even if we have to overpay for Drew Holiday, let's do it. But here's why I wouldn't count out in this hypothetical scenario, Right. Let's say they re-sign Hayward. I wouldn't count out a, a trade if, like, contractually, um, it, it doesn't have any um, roadblocks. But what does New Orleans need? Right. So New Orleans, they want to make the playoffs. Right. I, I think they do. Um, they need a low usage veteran who can knock down open shots, create for themselves a little bit, and keep the ball moving. I mean, that's that's the definition of Gordon Hayward. Like, he's not taking anything away from Zion Williamson and, and his development. He's not taking anything away from Brandon Ingram. Um, you can just argue were... every contender needs that, though. No, I know, but that's why Gordon Hayward is valuable. I think New Orleans needs more of, like, a rim-protecting center. Um, They might have that with Jackson Hayes in time. It just might not be now. Yeah, that's not gonna, uh, That's not going to do you good this year. It's It's probably not. Um, At least not but, for like 30 plus minutes a game. But either way, like, let's say the Celtics, you know, let's say they draft like, I don't know, Aaron Naismith and, and Sadiq Bey, right? Like, if they were to package maybe like Sadiq Bey, Gordon Hayward, and like a future pick for Aaron Holiday, I don't know, like, that's a pretty attractive offer. Um, I, I like it. I just, I, I, at the end of the day, I guess my overall point is like, he is actually going to, if they re-sign him, not only is it worth it because it's harder to get in other a talent otherwise, but it, it could be a movable contract in the future. Yeah. I don't see yeah. the, the Pelicans trading for like first rounders or for rookies, unless they really, really like the guy because they have so many picks of their own from the Lakers and 
just I guess they have their own picks too. So I don't think they would trade for young young talent unless they really really like the guy and they just they couldn't get him at their pick. Hey, Gordon Hayward, man. Um, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? It's just something to monitor. Uh, what what other team? You know, let's say Hayward opts out. What other teams do you think is a fit uh, a good fit for him? I, I I think he could really fit anywhere. I. It, like, I don't know. I haven't thought this big into it because this whole time I've thought that he was opting in. So it would take me some more time to really think into it. But I don't know. Maybe like a team like Atlanta, I guess, who has cap space. Like it has to be a team with cap space and a team that isn't like wanting to preserve it. I think he would fit well in Miami, but Miami's not going to sign him long term because we know what their plans are with Giannis. And I don't know, maybe a team like Charlotte or the Knicks would throw money at him. I'm sure the Knicks probably would. Uh, I don't know if he'd take it, but I would assume I would assume it would be some sort of sign and trade because I just can't see him working out with any of the teams with cap space, except maybe like Atlanta is the only one that makes sense to me. So there are a couple. Um, I think Atlanta definitely makes sense because they want to win now. And um, they would have a ton of like the same kind of archetypes, but um, that's okay. Um, I ultimately, though, I'm not too worried. Like, if Gordon Hayward is available um, and the team really wanted him, I think that they would find a way to get the cap space. But I don't know. That's kind of like one of my overall themes of this offseason is I think if a team wants a guy, they're just going to find a way to get him. That's um, the, the theme of the NBA for the past like three years, though. Like, if, if, right. if you need cap space for a guy, you'll find a way to get it. There's endless ways to get cap space now. Especially if that guy like wants to go there, so yeah. I've I think Portland um, makes sense. Like Portland has very little routes of obtaining a a, a good player because um, you know their cap situation. Like I don't know, it's not too too, too great. Um, if they if, and, and they have to go all in now, right? Like they they have to make some kind of move, or else you're just wasting Damian Lillard's career, and it's like remarkably sad. Um, but like a signing trade there, who knows? Um, I, I like, I, I like him in Phoenix. Um, I just, I think that they could use a guy like him and, and maybe it may, you know, maybe you can package like, you know, send, send Kelly Oubre somewhere with Rubio to get like Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would be one of a couple moves they would make, but like if Gordon Hayward opts out, like Phoenix fans, Phoenix they legitimately have a um, like a path to get to acquiring Chris Paul while having Devin Booker on their team, Gordon Hayward, Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, like Cam Johnson maybe. Like it's just, I think that's a really smart move for them. So I like I like him in those two places. Um, you know, I where, also you know like where I really like him, Boston. which might actually work. Uh, no, I guess yeah, uh, Memphis though. Ooh, yeah. Um, I like that, right? Because that's Memphis... A, that, that, yeah, that's a young team who still wants to win now. They showed last year that they are capable of making the playoffs. Currently, you give Jaw a second ball handler because he did not have that mm. this year. Get him back with Jaron Jackson, and then you have a big like Jonas and then Brandon Clark off the bench. Uh, yeah, no, I really like him in Memphis, which that would just... Oh, my gosh. If, like... Imagine if Gordon Hayward went to Memphis and then Chris Paul got traded to Phoenix. Like, the West would just become even more ridiculous than it already is. I don't understand the West. I, I feel bad for the fans. It's just like, 
it's this apocalypse of talent, um, which is a great thing for like Toronto and Boston fans. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see. I mean, who knows? Like he, it's just something to monitor. It's fun now. Before I was on the, before I was on, uh, I was talking to Zach. I was talking to you about how I wanted to go over my Nate Duncan effect. Like I'm, 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 co- I'm coining a new term, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're basically becoming Bill Simmons. Yeah, that's um, Bill Simmons light. Um, no, but okay. So I was thinking about this today because I feel like so I used to listen to uh, Nate Duncan for like a couple years, and then one day I just like stopped. I think it was like 2017, 2018, and I just stopped, and I just couldn't take it anymore because I feel like they just if if they're so quick to just dump on players. Like if you don't fit um, in the modern NBA, even in the slightest bit, they'll just be like, "No, yeah, you're bad. Like you're you're a bad player." And I think one day they were talking about Derek Favors, and I was like, "All right, Derek Favors is not a bad basketball player." Like, and it just I just got under my skin and I stopped listening to them. Um, so here's the Nate Duncan effect. Ready? Something happens on NBA Twitter whenever there's a player who doesn't look like they fit the modern NBA. Instead of like being a good basketball player, they just automatically become terrible to NBA fans. And I think that this is happening to Andre Drummond right now. Are you wanting what to say something? I did. I was looking at you longingly, <laughs> willingly, lovingly. Um, <laughs> I was just adjusting my mic because now I can like lean back and talk right into it. <laughs> you got super comfortable. I was like, I was like, did I just like talk this guy into a stupor? Um, okay, You're putting me to sleep. I, okay, but I'm not. Let me let me go through because this is gonna segue into something else. I wanted to talk to Zach about, and I know that he's gonna say no, but I I just I'm gonna argue um, adamantly on 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 the behalf of this this next point. Okay, Andre Drummond. All right, a lot of people out there. Saying he sucks. First of all, Zach, do you think he sucks? No, I actually, I, I actually kind of like, I like him as a player. I wouldn't say really like, but I think he'd be useful on, on a team. Hey, I like him as a player too, and it's not just you know because he's from Connecticut, um, and went to my beloved UConn because he was not good at UConn. So, Andre Drummond is just to remind people out there. I think there's this narrative about him that he's like a. Like a like a slow footed plotting big and, and like that's just not true. Um, like it, I'm not saying he's one of I mean he's not he doesn't have the lateral quickness of Bam Adebayo or Anthony Davis, but like he's not you know um, what's who, what's who, who's a big man that can't really move Zach? Marcus Saul actually Marcus Saul yeah. doesn't move too bad. <laughs> well, he's so smart. He uses his angle angles well. Um, let me try. He's who, not Mark. Okay, wait. No, no. We have to think of someone. We have to think of someone better. Someone who just struggles say, to get down the court. I was gonna say like Baines, but Baines is such a smart defender that I don't want to like besmirch his good name. Um, what about Nurkic? Does Nurkic struggle to get up and down? It's not that he gets struggle. It's not that he struggles to get up and down. He just like has no lateral quickness, like at all. I feel like I need to I need to look through the league to find a player like this, like olden days Shaq, uh, where you just <laughs> doof, 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 up and down the court. Um, uh, dude, uh, Gortat. He's not even in the league anymore. 
I know, I know, but it's a good, it's a good comp. Andre Drummond is not uh, Marcin Gortat, okay? He is he's a, Boban he's a, Marjanovic. Yeah, he's not that. <laughs> he's not he's not Boban. Um, like he has average foot speed. It's not great. And and you certainly don't want to drag out to the perimeter, but like it's not like dragging like Boban out to the perimeter. Um, and at the end of the day, like he's six foot ten with a seven foot six wingspan and like moves really well. Like go watch Andre Drummond on the fast break. He brings the ball to court. Um, so I, I guess my point is like he he's he's more athletic than what people think. And and here's ultimately like why I'm not. I don't want to say like I'm high on him as a as a player, but I think he needs a new situation. So I tweeted this today. Zach, have you been following my Twitter like obsessively or, or no? Do you like that? <laughs> you like that sound? <laughs> it did. It. And not gonna lie, I got thirsty. Uh, no, I don't follow your Twitter because you tweet so you like you tweet and then I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then it, they just keep coming, and I'm like, okay, this this is enough. I need a break from him. Uh, you do follow my Twitter, you big liar. I do follow you, but I don't like go look at your page and stuff. That's fine. I mean, I don't have you on alerts or anything. Um, I don't, by the way. Um, okay, so <laughs> he definitely does. <laughs> I'm turning it off right so now. So do no. most people, though. So yeah, sure. Keep keep thinking that. So um, this is what I tweeted today. All right, Brooke Lopez. Is he a better or worse athlete than Andre Drummond? I don't know, like the same? Probably he's worse. A little, he's a little bit worse, correct. Um, Brooke Lopez, in his age 31 season, being a below average athlete at his position, okay, just had, and, and someone who was never known as a defensive player, just had, uh, just made his first all defensive team. So for me, like, it just talks about if, a, like, Andre Drummond just needs a coach who can get him in the right scheme, right? Who can have the right roster around him. And and Zach, who who do you think I think that coach is? Um, I'm guessing if you're bringing it up to me, you probably think it's Nick Nurse. I think it's you personally. No, I do think it's Nick Nurse. Nick On Nurse can get defense of, out of anyone. That's what I'm saying. Um, on a scale of one to ten. How confident are you that that Nick Nurse could turn Andre Drummond into a plus defensive player? Um, probably like a seven or an eight. I feel pretty yeah, good about like, it. Yeah, he's and like at the end of the day, even when you look at Drummond's like counting stats, just kind of like his raw stats, not many guys in the league can get one and a half steals, one and a half blocks, right? Um, he had a year where. He had 1.7 steals and 1.7 blocks. 1.9 steals, 1.6 blocks. Like, I don't know. Like, I think there are, he has a lot of physical attributes. Um, how 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 amped are you to hypothetically get him on your Raptors? I think I'd be more excited if he got paid less. I think if you could sign him for like 15 mil, then maybe I I wouldn't hmm. want him for like 20 plus. What's he? Wow, I'm trying to think of what what is what's his opt in. Um, I'll look it up right now. I would I would honestly I would rather like a guy like Aaron Baines over him just because the shooting aspect and Toronto likes to get their bigs out on perimeters and running pick and pops and kind of letting them control uh, the ball from the mm-hmm. top of the arc. We saw that a lot with 
Marcus Saul, and then Serge would run a lot of pick and pops with Kyle. So that, that's the only reason I'm not big on Andre Drummond. I know we see his his in gym workouts of how he can shoot threes now, but I just I don't trust that until I see it in game. Okay, let me talk you into not his three point shooting, but uh, I just looked it up. His opt in is 28 million. That's a um, lot. It is. It is. So let me talk you into him actually as a guy who is a better passer than what people think. So the last two years, Blake Griffin was on his team. And Blake Griffin is a guy who's going to dominate the touches and create from the perimeter. The year before, Andre Drummond was a really good passer, right? And, like, we kind of had this weird year in, in a couple seasons ago where people were like, wait a minute, like, look at this guy operating from the high post in the perimeter and hitting people with backdoor cuts and, like, and, and, and you know, um, slinging the ball around. So I'm um, looking at it right now. My guy was in the 85th percentile for assist percentage, 78th percentile for assist usage. So I just, I don't know. I think he's more skilled than what he gets credit for. Obviously, we know what he does on the O boards. How much do you value offensive rebounding in general, though? Uh, rebounding is huge, honestly. Like, I think rebounding uh, may be the most important part of the game because it, it to me, honestly, because I guess I've been coaching for like five years now, and the teams that rebound are the teams that have been the best for me. And maybe that's also partially because some of my best rebounders I've had have also coincided as some of my just best players. But I do think there's some truth to it because rebounding decides possessions. You know, you can limit possessions for the other team. You can get extra for your own. And that's just really more and less chances to score, like more for you and less for them. Or if you lose the rebounding battle, less for you and more for them. So rebounding to me is literally one of the biggest aspects of the game, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Like if you can control the boards and control the ball, more than the other team in the playoffs. It just gives you more chances to win. It's just all this is just basic math. Do you want to take a guess on over his last four seasons, how many total rebounds per game Andre Drummond has has averaged? His average over the okay. last four? I'll give you an over under. Over under fourteen and a half rebounds per game. Oh, I was actually gonna say like fourteen point six. So I guess I'll go over. <laughs> You're right. It's 15. Over under four and a half offensive boards per game. Oh, it's probably not, it's probably very close to that number. Um, maybe I'll go. I feel like it's an over just because you're asking it, but I'm going to go under it because I feel like he averaged at least like 11 defensive rebounds. It's it's over like uh, it's 4.8. So a uh, a third of his rebounds per game are second chance opportunity points. That's really impressive. No, like I said, I really, a- I really do like him as a player. I just, I don't know if I like him at twenty eight million. No, I know. Um, and and this is kind of like, it's an interesting point of his career because if he opts in next year, he becomes a free agent, and I don't think he's going to make twenty eight million. I think he'll be at a a lower a lower contract a lesser contract and therefore his value will go up and his narrative will start to change. Um, but you know, what if, if he signs a big contract, guys are just going to look at him funky. Like he's not worth it. I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you project for Andre Drummond? And I know we're doing way too much Andre Drummond talk, but what do you project for Andre Drummond? Like the next, you know, five, six years of his career. Uh, probably just a lot of the same. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I see him on a contender because I think T 
teams who aren't contending and have cap space can talk themselves into paying him like 20 to 25 million, but mm. contenders are never going to save up 20, 25 mil to be like, okay, now I can go get Andre Drummond. So unless he is willing to take less money and that's not like, I know nothing about him. Maybe he totally is willing to take less money to be on a contender. I just know the majority of players would rather take the, the big contract. So I don't know if I see him on a contender unless it's for less money. I guess that's, where I'm at. I don't know exactly where I see him because I don't know what his mindset is. Yeah. What's the, the conflict for him is that like he has probably three or four years left of like really good athleticism. Cause he's, he's 26 right now. Like peak athleticism, and, like Orlando Dwight Howard athleticism. Yeah. And like, he's got, <laughs> why'd you say? Him. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's wait, not wait, wait, Orlando wait, what, Dwight. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, wait, what did you, what did you say? Hold on. I'm going to miss it. You just not listen. I I just you just wait for like you hear you to hear my voice stop talking and then you go. Wait, so you you said he had. I I just I I might have just misheard you. I said he had peak Orlando Dwight athleticism. No, that's that's yeah okay no 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 so I I, I yeah I, I screwed that up no so obviously he's not Dwight's like a what like a you know Hall of Famer but still my point is. Drummond has like three or four years left of good athleticism and a contender is not going to spend the money on him to, to get him. So like the team that could change his narrative in his career, those kind of teams aren't going to spend that kind of money on Andre Drummond. So like he might get to a, like a, a team that can actually change his career when he's past his peak athleticism. And that's going to really suck for him. So I'm kind of rooting for the guy now. Yeah. But he's still a big body. Like I could still see him being able to average like 10 to 12 rebounds a game and getting some putbacks. Mm. I, I just, I, I think he needs to start operating in a pick and roll more and being more of a dive man than wanting to work in the low post. The low post. There we go. There we go. Good, good callback to Zach Lowe. Yeah, we circle um, back around. So what do we have for any, do we have any Toronto news? You're a Toronto guy. What's going on? Where's Fred Van Vliet going? I think he's staying. I think Serge and Fred are staying. I think Fred's going to stay on like a three plus one. And I think Serge is going to be on an inflated one year. And then okay. I I am so stuck on Montrose Harrell being a Raptor. And it's not even because I really want him. Like I, I think I'd be happy if he did, but also I wouldn't be distraught if he didn't. But like, I just can't get over those two, those, those clues. Like no one does that. You don't. Why are they the only Weird. team he follows on Instagram? Like maybe they always were, but even like that's kind of weird. I don't know. But the the AU team is the weirdest to me. That he named his team the the Team Trez Raptors after being called out for the only whatever the only team he follows on Instagram, and then their logo is like literally one of the one of the old Raptors logos. So I don't know. Did he did he grow up a Raptors fan? Like do we know? I, I can't confirm nor deny, but Kevin Durant grew up a Raptors fan. Maybe he did because uh, I don't. Well, Montrez is too young to have grown up when Vince Carter was while well, some guys flying past on his on his bike. Uh, he was too young to to be watching Vince yeah, Carter unless, when he unless was, he was just a big Chris Bosh Andrea Bargnani fan. He was a big Jamario Moon fan, I think. There's yeah, who wasn't? Okay, one time. I was playing, so I played ball all my years growing up, and this was when I was in grade like six or something, Mm -hmm. and we were putting on a tournament, and 
our coach somehow got in contact with like Raptors, like PR and that kind of stuff. And Jamario Moon was going to come like announce, like live announce the games. But last what second, happened? last second, I guess Sam Mitchell, who was the coach at the time, said no. And it got called off. So he didn't end up coming. Jamario Moon. Hey, good story, though. Like traveled all around, finally got a shot in the NBA. Good defender at one point, I guess. I don't know. That's what I remember High about. Flyer. High flyer. Um, so we have no more Toronto talk. We got no, we got no Toronto rumors. Have you seen their new uniforms? No, are they sick? I mean, I like. I guess I like them. I don't know. I'm never one to be too critical on uniforms. Like I could care less about uniforms. I'm, I just, I just look at the product itself. Um, I really like the black ones because they bring back those like squiggly stripes that the old old Raptors uniforms had. Uh, they went with like the chevron look. So the white ones I think look cool, just because I, I just I think they look really clean. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like there's people who just go off judging, critiquing uniforms and. I just personally don't care as much. I just want to see them play basketball. I could be, I could care less if they're wearing can you, garbage. Can you hear like whoever's drag racing outside of my apartment? I heard them the one time you called them out, but I haven't heard them since. I'm going to start recording in my bathroom. We're going to have great acoustics. Um, Are you looking I'm at the uniforms? Look up, I'm going to look up these jerseys because like I'm, I'm on a website that's, that is rating the jerseys, but like they're not showing images. So I'm going to have to look these up. Um, all right. Give me if, – if not Toronto, where does Serge Ibaka sign? Oh, part of me kind of hopes Houston. Uh, but it, it, seems like, it seems like he's going to do the one-year deal, and I guess maybe it's Toronto or Miami. Well, I'm rooting for Serge. I like Serge. I, and I think he's aging really nicely. I'm going to send you that image of the uniforms. I just texted it to you. Lovely. Um, before we before we wrap up, okay, I just got it. Oh, I like those. I like the uh, I like the whites. Um, the whites are clean. I really like the blacks. I like the, I like the red too. Those are nice. Yeah. No, I like them. So, there, there's people who say they don't like the chevron look and. I don't. No, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't care for uniforms either way. <clears throat> like I can say, oh, that's a nice uniform. That's an ugly uniform. But I'll never get into the crazy details. I I dig it. Um, okay, so Nate Nate Duncan effect. Players that might not fit in with the modern game, so people automatically assume they're just trash at basketball. Who else do you have on this list? Oh, you're just throwing me on the spot. Um, Man. You know who's like semi, not all the way on this list, but he's kind of making his way on this list is Russell Westbrook. Mm. Because he doesn't shoot as well and he, he's more of a ball hog than the free-flowing offense. So I wouldn't say necessarily the majority of people refer to him as trash, but there definitely are people who are insanely, insanely low on him. And that's also because he does play a selfish style, but I think part of it is due to the fact that he hasn't adapted to the quote-unquote new age, new style. Okay, I like that one. Um, I'm not overly high on Russell Westbrook, but to call him trash is just asinine. Um, who else is on this list? Let's see. What about a guy like... DeMar? Let's go with Derek Favors. Who'd you say? I said DeMar. Dude, another good one. I put you on the spot and you're coming through. Um, I mean, DeMar can hoop. Hooper's hoop, and that's what he does. Uh, he's one, I think, that until the playoffs... Rondo was one for sure. Probably a guy like Ben Simmons, but I know there's like there are people who are really high on him too, which deservedly so. Mm. 
Who else? I'm trying to I'm trying to go off the top of my head. Who else is on this list? Um, I like Derek Favors. I don't know why his name keeps popping up to me. Um, I think Ricky Rubio was in danger of becoming on this list, but he's played really well in Phoenix, and he's just underrated in general. So we we like Ricky Rubio. Um, I don't know. We'll brainstorm some more. We will. Well, uh, next episode we'll come up with some more. Well, maybe we'll do a draft. No, we probably won't. That's too uh, subjective. <laughs> uh, I think Steph Curry fits on this list, and here's what. Here's here's why Draymond fits on this list. Um, all right, fun episode, man. Fun episode. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. We we're uh, cracking some cold ones. I was leaning back in my chair. I have to urinate so bad. Oh, go go do it. Go go wrap up and go do it. All right, well, uh, we're signing off. The uh, deuces up to everyone, and see you next time on the Blake Arthur Podcast. We stayed up till the morning. Talking to the first light of dawn.